Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast, episode 79 at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This week, Craig's interviewing Graham Kingaby, the insurance director at World Nomads Travel Insurance. Yeah, unfortunately, we picked up a bit of buzz on the line, which does decrease throughout the interview. So sorry about that at the start. Well, before we talk about the interview, let's talk about our week. How's your week been, Craig? Well, it's um, been okay. Sounds fascinating. Yes. I guess the most exciting thing to happen so far was getting rid of George Bush. That is so good. But let's not go political. Most exciting thing in your week? Hmm. It's small, white, and sitting on top of the table there. Oh, yeah, and I just said camera and notes for some reason. I've got a new computer. It's so exciting. <laughs> yes, it's an EPC. Yeah, that's why I said E. I'm thinking about calling it Teeny. Linda's got a strange fascination with naming inanimate objects. You'll no, have to no, it's a, it's a family trend. Everything in my family seems to have a name. I mean, everything in my family's mm. house. We get to be democratic this weekend and vote in the New Zealand elections. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be as widely publicised as the uh, US no, elections. For I some don't reason. Know why. I, it's very I, strange. I really don't get you it. You know, I keep telling people I'm going to vote and they're like, in what? Yeah, what for? What for? <laughs> I'm like, the election, duh. And they're like, um... What? That was earlier in the week. <laughs> a, that was earlier. B, you're not American. I don't understand. 404. So anyway, today we're going to be talking with Graham. Um, now, he's the insurance director at World Nomads Travel Insurance, and this is the insurance company that we use ourselves. Yes, and um, we've never had to claim on it, so... I don't know how good they are. <laughs> we don't, can't really say how great we find them, but they're easy to get the insurance off. Indeed, indeed. So, yeah. Um, World Nomads is also one of our affiliates, so if, um, after hearing Graham, you think they might be a goer for you, you can click through our site to get a quote, and that way we pick up a small commission. Yeah, we'd appreciate it if you do, because that means that we can keep the Indie Travel Podcast going just that bit longer. Yeah, well, shall we get into it? Yep, let's do it. Good morning, Craig, how are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Well, I wanted to um, ask you some questions about the company and about travel insurance in general. So your company, World Nomads, aims to provide travel insurance specifically for travellers. What makes you different from traditional insurance companies that do do travel? Well, we, we like to think of ourselves as, uh, I guess, first and foremost, being very passionate about travel. So everyone that works here is uh, a passionate traveller themselves and lots of people have spent um, many many years on the road typical australians most of them and they've uh, they spent half their, half their lives there uh, through europe and america so we, we we come from a perspective of, of what people really need rather than, than what insurance companies want to sell you mm-hmm. okay sounds good <laughs> Uh, one thing that I appreciate is that you don't have to start your insurance package from your home country and you don't have to insure for a round trip, which is what I got caught up in looking for travel insurance after I had started on the road. That's, um, that's right, eh? That's exactly right, actually. We, we, from the very first day, we, we started to uh, blueprint our service and try and decide w- what people really needed when they travelled, especially on long trips. Um, we, we found that lots of insurers around the world actually wanted you to begin and end your trip in your country of residence. Um, I, I've got many years of uh, insurance uh, experience and, and, and couldn't quite realise what, what the issue was. So we started talking to some of our insurers and we ha- had them 
agree that it wasn't such an important thing. Uh, and as a result, with World Nomads, you can buy it wherever you are on your trip. A lot of our customers come from uh, actually having bought the travel insurance with someone else and then finding out that they can't extend when, when they're on the road, uh, which is a real problem. And also, lots of our customers will start off traveling for two months, decide that they like it, and want to travel another two months. <laughs> yeah, that sounds uh, typical. <laughs> or, or earn money for their travel um, as they're going. Uh, and paying a big, big bill up front um, isn't, isn't often an, an ability for some of our uh, some of our travellers. So it, you can break it down into into manageable parts as well. Mm, yeah, I find I don't carry lots of valuable stuff with me, so I normally grab a fourteen day insurance cover if I'm going into a dangerous area or I'm doing a lot of kind of long haul flights. And I find that really useful to be able to pick and choose winter when to be insured and when just to, to not worry about it. Absolutely, and it should fit around your travels to be quite natural. So because we're an online service, the other, the other part is that you can interact with us 24 hours a day, wherever you are in the world, just jump into an internet cafe, uh, extend your policy um, and make a claim uh, and really have it fit in with your, uh, with your experience. Um, so again, coming from the uh, perspective of the traveller rather than the insurance company telling you what they'd like you to do and where you'd like to be uh, uh, when, uh, when you need to buy insurance. Mm. Well, it's, I know it's really important to read the small print, but can we run through a couple of case examples for people? Yes, absolutely. Um, it, it is important to spend a little bit of time reading um, your, your travel insurance policy. I know it's, it's very boring, um, but uh, there, there are some interesting uh, points that you need to make, particularly around uh, medical insurance. Um, the, the, the real heart of a travel insurance policy, we believe, is uh, the emergency service that you, you actually experience. God forbid you should get into trouble while you're, you're on the road. Uh, and we have many instances of people um, having problems while they're away. Lots of travel insurance policies um, have uh, exclusions for, for pre-existing conditions. Uh, and the time to, to find out whether your, uh, your, your medical condition uh, is covered or not is really before you travel <laughs> yes. on the road. Uh, so we always say to people, have a quick glance. These days, uh, and, and certainly in our insurance policies, we, we don't hide anything. If, if something isn't covered, we, we try and make it very obvious um, before you actually go to buy it. Mm, so what about something like adventure sports? Because I know that's something where a lot of companies exclude. So if I was out skiing and broke my leg, would I be covered? Absolutely. Um, again, we have a slightly younger demographic than most um, travel insurance businesses. Um, and uh, we know that our customers are going to be out doing stuff. Uh, again, when we when we built the products, we made sure our, our underwriters would cover all normal kind of adventure activities. So certainly skiing, bungee jumping, uh, and, and lots of the, the normal kind of holiday activities are, are automatically covered with our insurance. Uh, also, to, to make it very clear what is and isn't covered, um, in our on our website we have the A to Z of adventures, and you can quickly go in there and there's a checklist against whether the, the, the thing that you're going to be doing is uh, going to be insured or not rather than having it tucked away at the back of some exclusion in the insurance policy. Okay, that makes it nice and easy. 
Um, if my airline went broke, like recently happened to Zoom over in Europe and several other low-cost carriers at the moment, would I be covered in any kind of repatriation or anything like that? No, we have different insurers around the world. Basically, our program is built so that you have a local insurance company insuring you. So an Englishman has an English insurance company, for example. But the conditions are different for different policies. Generally, um, up until this year, it hasn't been uh, much of an issue. Uh, the, the people that insured financial failure of, insurance, uh, of, of airlines uh, have often charged quite a lot of money for, for that product. Uh, and as a result of lack of demand, we haven't built it in, although we are looking at, at it at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, if you are in the position of, uh, of your airline uh, actually going bust, as, as happened to Zoom recently and a number of other airlines this year, uh, you, you'll often find that there, there are uh, a number of areas that, that it might be possible to claim outside of the insurance. So, for example... Um, if you're booking through a, a bonded travel agent, a travel agent's license, you, you normally find that there's cover there. Also, when you're buying your credit card, you may find that there's uh, cover against the airline failure there. Um, because of the, the last 12 months, we're currently negotiating with, um, with a specialist insurance company to include that. At the moment, it isn't in most of our policies. Okay, cool. It's good to see some movement on it anyway. Um, one thing, you've talked about health a bit. If, what about theft? If I padlocked my backpack shut and left it in a hostel dorm room and came back after a day's sightseeing um, and it wasn't there, uh, would I be covered for that? Uh, in our, again, we have um, five different insurance companies around the world, um, so they all kind of look at things slightly differently. But a general... Um, guide rule for you is that if you've done everything that you possibly can to make sure that your uh, your your bags are safe, for example, in your dorm room, locked and secured, uh, then the insurer will generally see that you, you've done your best uh, and you'll have the claim paid. But every circumstance is slightly different. Uh, you know, for example, if, uh, if you'd left that bag in reception um, at your hostel, uh, and go out for the day, or you leave it in the corner of a, of a bar while you're talking to your friends at the other, the other corner of the bar, then the insurer will probably say, well, you're, you're not acting as if you weren't insured. You haven't really taken as much care as you should, um, and you probably had the, the claim excluded. So it really does depend on you doing everything that you can to make sure that your, your stuff is, uh, is safe uh, and that you're acting in, uh, in good faith. So we all hope we don't have to, but if something went wrong out on the road and I had to make a claim, how would I go about it? What kind of processes are there? And most importantly, I think, what kind of time frame can I expect? Now, that, that's a very interesting question, actually, Craig. Um, again, there, there are probably two types of claims. So we'll talk about the, uh, let's start with the bloody awful, uh, for want of a better word. That's uh, a serious medical claim. Again, that's that's really what we build the backbone of, uh, of our services around. Um, all of our insurers have uh, connections in, um, in many, many different countries in the world. Uh, so if, if you're in an emergency, the first thing to do is to actually phone the emergency services. Uh, and apart from paying the bills, the hospital bills and the doctor's bills, that uh, emergency service will make sure that you're getting the right treatment, uh, that you've got someone uh, that, that speaks your language, liaising with you and your family while you're away. And often in those incidents, 
as soon as the emergency service has been triggered, um, a lot of our customers say, don't see bills. That, that's all done automatically between the insurance company and the hospital. Uh, all travel arrangements are, uh, are done automatically. Um, so in that event, the first thing to do is to get in contact with the, uh, the emergency medical service. Now, as far as, uh, as other claims where it's, it's basically a, a financial loss, uh, again, we took the opinion that, um, that while you're on the road, the last thing that you want to be doing is, is to be writing to your insurance company back at home through your home address. So in World Nomads, you can actually lodge your claim online 24 hours a day. Uh, the uh, insurance companies we use are all on strict service guarantees, and we also have a backup traffic light system in our office which tells when, uh, when our insurance companies aren't actually pulling the line. So uh, they work, uh, the, the claims flow process works through their offices, we are checking along the line um, and you, you, should you should immediately receive some kind of response uh, that, that you've actually, the claim's been seen and, and it's being worked through. Uh, and normally we work on a 10 day service level with our insurance companies. But again, we're always there to help, to help our customers uh, should they, they feel upset or, or feel that, um, that there are problems occurring in that process. So they're, they're there to, uh, to hold their hands as well. Okay, and so we can get in touch with the central office, your central office, sorry, through telephone as well as internet? Yes, correct. Yep. Uh, a lot of our customers prefer the internet. Um, obviously, it's a lot more instant and, and uh, a lot easier to follow because they can follow the claim in their actual members area on the site. Mm-hmm. And plus the fact we, we've, uh, most of our insurance companies will actually settle claims direct into uh, a customer's bank account. That's quite handy as well. Again, the last thing that you need really if you're on your year's uh, trip and two months in uh, your camera gets stolen and the insurance company wants to send the cheque back to your, uh, your old home address. Uh, yeah, that's, sure. That's can, really, not very practical at all. You can see the um, flatmates buying a new camera with that. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, and uh, and our insurance companies all understand really the nature of our uh, of our of our members when they travel, uh, and we try and do as much to, to fit in with their plans rather than uh, than fitting in with with what our insurance companies would really like. Mm, okay, so you talked a bit about how, um, say, an English person would be insured by an English company, an Australian person by an Australian insurance company. So, can you tell me more about that? Obviously, it changes both the pricing and what's actually covered. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Um, different countries have different uh, insurance requirements. So, for example, in America, where uh, a lot of customers have very solid private medical uh, insurance programs back at home. Uh, medical isn't uh, as, as particularly a strong need in travel insurance. But cancellation insurance, because uh, Americans don't have as, as much holiday generally uh, as, uh, as Europeans or, or Australians, uh, cancellation insurance is much more important. So the product there is, is geared to their needs. Um, also the fact that uh, a lot of insurance companies have their medical and repatriation services specialising in bringing people back home. Um, so again, uh, an American insurance company may not be as good for an Englishman as an English insurance company should you need to arrange uh, a medical evacuation uh, where you need to use British registered aircraft or, or airports. 
So in uh, when when we designed our program, we decided what we do is take the, the strongest insurers in different parts of the world who specialise in travel insurance uh, and have them provide a local product. Um, and that's why the first thing that you do when you, you come in and actually get a quote from uh, from World Nightmares is pick a country residence, and then everything is geared around you. Mm, okay, so just to clarify there, if I'm a New Zealander and I've been living in London for the last 12 months, should I be choosing New Zealand or Britain as my country of residence, or does it not really matter? Um, what the, the key thing to be thinking about is where's home? In the event of uh, a, a, a terrible situation, which it probably isn't going to happen to you, but if it does, where's home? Where, where is your uh, your permanent medical plans? Uh, for for most New Zealanders spending a year in the UK, they probably say that actually family's back in New Zealand. That's where I want to go back to. That's where my permanent address is. Uh, so you should buy your travel insurance as uh, as, a, as a New Zealander rather than uh, than an Englishman. Okay. Um, uh, so, so really, that, we, we try to explain that as cleanly as we can as well in the uh, in the quote part uh, on the site and also in our frequently asked questions. But uh, where's home? That's the first question we need to ask. Cool. Yeah, because it does get people do get confused about it, and I'm sure people don't want to be worried about. Oh, am I covered because I put New Zealand while I'm in Britain at the moment? You know, that kind of that kind of thing does crop up from time to time. We we do have that issue every now and then. Uh, even uh, we try to make it as clear as possible. Um, uh, our insurers all kind of work together as a group. When that happens, we we normally try and uh, find find a way uh, a way around that. Uh, and we haven't had any uh, any serious issues so far. Okay. Well, sticking with um with the UK, I've seen backpackers insurance advertised on the tube from about twelve pounds a week. Um, now that's really cheap. So. How do you, how do you compare? <laughs> yeah. If you uh, if you go into an insurance um, aggregator site, someone that compares travel insurance, like um, Money Supermarket, for example, in the UK, uh, and you type in travel insurance, you, you'll get something like 400 responses. Um, in, in their conversations with their customers and with their, their families, um, we often find that people do know the difference between um, a, a solid product uh, and something that you're getting for nothing. Uh, it, it, bearing in mind that we have uh, quite a few claims every year where the, the cost is more than $100,000 for, for a medical insurance, um, you, you, you have to sell a lot of £12 policies to cover those kind of claims. In my experience, those people that are selling policies for a very, very small premium often have a claim service which actually matches uh, matches that, that premium price. Um, in, in other words, uh, by the way, and, and you do get what you pay for generally. We always try and cut costs where we can for our, for our uh, members. Um, we are always looking to make sure that uh, our insurers aren't charging too much. Um, and uh, we keep an eye on, uh, on how much they're paying in claims. Uh, and, and generally, we think our members get a pretty fair deal, uh, and we never have issues with, um, with, with unpaid medical insurance, serious medical um, claims, 
or, or general day-to-day stuff. Uh, Alan Shaw is all, all fair, honest, uh, honest companies. Mm, cool. Well, you do have, just sticking on the price thing, you've got two pricing brackets. So why is it more expensive to buy insurance if you're travelling to Japan or to the United States? The, the simple fact there is the cost of medical care. So Japan and America um, are widely acknowledged to be the, uh, the most expensive places to, to be in hospital in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are numbers of reasons for that. Um, but uh, it, it, it tends to cost our insurers quite a lot more when people are hospitalised there. So it's really as simple as that. Okay. Um, some, of our, some of our insurance companies don't really um, see the, 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 uh, the difference. So some of our European um, customers actually don't see a difference between uh, worldwide uh, and US and Japan. But most of them definitely do feel that those places cost, them, uh, cost insurance companies so a lot more money. Sure. So with World Nomads, I guess the joy of it is you could buy a, a period of worldwide travel insurance up to a day before you enter the States, and then Absolutely. if you spend a couple of months in the States insure for that period and then jump back down to the cheaper price bracket. We, we often advise that if you're you know, travelling for a year and, uh, and only travelling for two weeks in the US, uh, to actually uh, buy your, your US uh, insurance separately, uh, and then go back to uh, the, the general worldwide car. Mm. Well, Graham Kingapi, thank you very much for your time and for answering these questions. Have you got time uh, for well, one more? A year far away, Craig. Yeah, I was um, wondering if you could share just some general tips on how travellers should approach insurance companies. Like, um, aside from world nomads, um, is there anything to look out for? Are there any kind of tricks of the trade? Yes, a, a, a general golden rule is to, to act as if, if you're uninsured. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you uh, decide that it's going to be a great idea to get very, very drunk and go skydiving, um, there's, uh, there's a good chance that your insurance company uh, aren't going to pay your claim if you, uh, if you hurt yourself. Um, so, so act reasonably. Um, I would say some other tips are if you're taking... Uh, any valuable items, you know, try and, uh, and document what you're taking before you go. So, for example, um, you, you can spread your, uh, your, your baggage out on, on your floor before you go and take a picture uh, and keep some receipts of any, uh, any expensive articles. Um, and that, again, helps when you make a claim just to prove that you had the stuff before you travelled. Mm, one thing I often do is, because I don't want to be carrying paperwork around with me, I take a photo of a receipt and I upload it onto the photo website Flickr. Um, would that be an acceptable proof ID for most uh, most of the people you're dealing with? Absolutely. Um, we, we love Flickr here. Uh, it's a great site. And... Uh, uh, and, and that evidence is, uh, is definitely um, something that the insurance company can, uh, can hold on to. They'll often ask for original receipts, mm-hmm. um, but, but if you've actually got that documented evidence with a, you know, a, a date on the, uh, on the actual picture, okay. um, I, I think that the, uh, most insurance companies would rather have that than nothing. Sure. So we should um, timestamp um, insurance-style photos. Uh, absolutely, uh, and uh, it doesn't take long. Again, just, uh, just spread your gear out, um, take some pictures. Uh, if you have got high-value goods, it, there's nothing better than actually having your receipt handy. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and again, uh, just 
if you're if you're acting reasonably, uh, then most of the things you ever done as far as uh, travel insurance goes, uh, you you find you're covered. Okay, well, cool. Thank you very much. Is there anything else you want to to add in at the end? Yeah, just one last point. We touched on it earlier, Craig. Um, when, when you're buying your policy, have a quick read. Uh, again, um, insurance policies have come a long way uh, in the last 10 years with regards uh, plain language. Have a look through. If you've got any problems, much, much easier to drop an email or to, to, to give, uh, give us a call before you go. Uh, and we can clear that out and, and make sure that, that we've got a few grey areas of possible. Cool. Well, thank you very much for your time. It's been great My having you on the show. And uh, look forward to carrying on uh, hearing the podcast. Well, we hope you enjoyed that. Yeah. Thanks again, Graham, for coming on the show and talking with us. It was great talking with you and finding out some of those hints and tips. Next week, we'll be talking about our insurance strategy and how we approach things. We'd love to hear your thoughts, so send them through to us at mail at IndieTravelPodcast.com. Or on Twitter at ITPodcast. Yep. Linda's not a Twitter fan. She just looked at me disdainfully. I'm not the biggest Twitter fan, but it is useful. I don't don't disparage it at all. (laughs) Before we go, though, make sure you check out Sasha's article on adapting to life in Europe. It's really popular. We've got heaps of comments on it, so check it out. Yeah, Sasha's one of our new authors, and we've also got an article coming up from Kelly and um, from old-time favourite Steve Prine. So it's going to be a good couple of weeks. Yeah, it's very good. We also want to know what you'd like to hear on the Indie Travel Podcast. The poll of the month is basically asking that, so make sure you drop by the site and tell us what you'd like to be hearing. Yeah, thanks so much for listening. And until next week, travel well.